Welcome to On the Side with Jackie London, a BS-free podcast where we're talking all things food, nutrition, and wellness to help you build healthier habits that stick. As a registered dietitian, author, journalist, and former clinician turned content creator, I've heard and seen it all. Join me each week as I debunk diet myths, explore the latest wellness trends, and answer all of your pressing listener questions. Plus, we'll hear from a guest who will kick off each interview weekly with a soup-to-nuts rundown and, okay, sometimes analysis of what they're eating, cooking, ordering in, or where they're dining out with tons of delicious ideas, lots of laughs, and plenty of pro tips in between. The one thing I can actually guarantee, I'll serve up tangible, actionable strategies to help you apply the science behind what works to what works best for you. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of On the Side with me, Jackie London. I am thrilled to share today's episode with you. I cannot even get words out. That's how excited I am. So today I am chatting with Kate Lemire. She is a chief founding instructor at Barry's Bootcamp in Chicago. She is also the founder of The 4%, which is a content platform and community of people who are looking for credible evidence-based fitness information and nutrition information as well. Kate is fantastic. She is hilarious. She is so, so smart. I just learned so much from this interview. I cannot even begin to tell you. We talked about everything from what the difference in Kate's two experiences of having her first and second child were like um, from the standpoint of both a wellness expert, but also someone who feels like a lot of the information out there was really confusing and kind of misleading for her. We talked about her journey with fitness, her experience as a fitness trainer and working at Barry's and what a class is like, how she approaches structuring a class. We also talked about the BS that's out there on social media about health, nutrition, fitness, wellness, all things related to this industry in which we both find ourselves, but also kind of feel like we're at arm's length from. So without further ado, I'm going to let us get into the episode, but I know you're going to love today's show. So please do me a favor, share on Instagram, share it with friends, share it with family. Let me know what you think. I know that there is going to be so many things that you want to keep talking about after you listen to today's episode. So please feel free to share them with me. You can tag me at Jacqueline London RD. That's J-A-C-L-Y-N-L-O-N-D-O-N-R-D uh, on Instagram, Twitter, basically everywhere. If you just type that in, you're going to find me. Okay, guys, Sheila, I see you fumbling with your phone over there. Don't worry too much about it. You're going to find me, Jacqueline London RD. Okay, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Here is Kate Lemire. Okay, guys, so today we are going to do something a little bit different. So I've just been seeing everywhere the topic of dry January. It has come up in my own Instagram feed. It's come up on via direct message. I also spoke about it on another podcast called the Off the Gram podcast, which I highly recommend you checking out, listening to. But I wanted to quickly address it here because I realized that we had never spoken about it and no time like the present, right? I mean, it is January. I also have kind of a different 
take on some of what I'm seeing in the realm of Dry January. So what is it? First of all, it is the the idea of going without alcohol for the month of January. If you're currently doing it, you probably know this already. If you've heard about it and you're curious, that is the overall premise. Now, here's the deal. When I have seen a lot of other iterations of this kind of restrictive period for the month of January, there's automatically like red flags going up for me left and right. And that's because when we restrict something, when we remove something from our diet, two things happen. One is that we start thinking about that thing that we've removed (laughs) nonstop right? I mean, anyone who has ever felt like they are, you know, like when, when you have a breakup and you're like, I'm not going to think about this ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, ex-whomever. And that's the only thing you can think about. If that sounds like you, then I would say dry January might not be for you, Bobby, right? (laughs) On the flip side of that, there's also this idea that doing something for a period of time has some sort of biochemical benefit, like a reset or a jumpstart or a detox. And that can be helpful for some people, but on the on the metabolic level, from a biochemical point of view, it's you're not really doing something for that duration of time that that may have long-term benefit for you, right? Because if you are someone who in January is gonna say, you know, I'm going without alcohol for this month, but in February you're at the bar every night, you know, swilling picklebacks, that's <laughs> I was trying to say that without laughing because picklebacks are the first thing that came into my mind. But that's usually not going to, that's not necessarily going to have the long-term impact that you're looking for it to have. Okay. Now, all of that being said, when it comes to the topic of alcohol, this is a little trickier for me, right? Because there's no, there's no research that shows that that there's any benefit to starting a drinking practice if you don't already drink. Right. So let's just get that one out of the way because that's been that's been confused when I've said it before, which is that there is no reason to start drinking, especially true if you are at risk for certain types of cancers, if you are on a medication that interacts with alcohol. There is absolutely no reason from a health benefit standpoint that you need to start drinking. Now, if you do already enjoy a glass of wine with dinner, a glass of beer with a meal out, or, you know, a couple beers when you're watching a game on a Sunday, or if you are someone who just occasionally likes to go out for drinks with your girlfriends, any combination of these is really only as good as the intention that you're bringing to it, right? So if you enjoy that glass of wine with dinner, I would absolutely encourage you to keep it. Because on the flip side of the whole topic of dry January is this idea that anything that you remove from your diet is only as good as what you replace it with, right? Let me say that again. Anything that you remove from your everyday meals and snacks and eating patterns is really only going to be as good for your overall health and well-being as what you're replacing it with. So very often when on the topic of dry January, I see this coming up all the time with people who have taken out alcohol and then I see them drinking something like grape juice instead of wine right? Which often comes in the form of this like sexy marketing that's all over the place right now, right? Of alcohol-free wine, you know, no, no booze, healthier, better for you, beer, all of this stuff that like has popped up so much more in the last few years. And it's really kind of like a marketing misnomer. It's a little bit of a 
of a trick. These things may get away with the idea of positioning themselves as better for you, but really they're just often sugary beverages without some of the benefits that you would get from actually drinking the fermented grape that is wine. (laughs) So bottom line is that if it is already a part of your daily or weekly, or even just, you know, every other day or occasional practice to regularly consume alcohol and you feel like that's okay for you, then I would absolutely encourage you to to stick with it. Consider cutting back when you feel like it. You know, it's never a bad thing to think about where you might add more water or more sparkling water into your day in place of that alcohol, that's never going to be a bad thing. But if you're replacing the alcohol with another type of sugary beverage, that's where I would say you might want to skip it or at least rethink your approach to dry January. The other thing that I do want to mention, and back to the idea of the restriction for a period of time, is that anything that we take away with this idea of like some sort of promised sense of spiritual ascension that's coming at the end of the 30 days, you know, I, I think this is our tendency to be very all or nothing. I, I don't love how close, how closely aligned the practice is to all or nothing mentalities of like the detox, the jumpstart, the seven day, the 30 day. I think about something like the whole 30 diet where I would see so many people a couple of years ago try whole 30 for the month of January and just think, you know, and just come off of that thinking like, okay, now I'm going out for my burgers, fries, and milkshakes. And that's really not the idea behind any any of these things. And I think they start to spiral out of control when we get social media involved and when it becomes a movement and when it becomes a co-opted marketing message by different brands and different companies. So really something to think about. If you are making choices that are truly right for you, your physical, mental, emotional, psychological well-being, that's got to be the priority. As long as you're not replacing the, the thing that you removed with a sugary beverage, something that is, you know, just going to make you feel also a little bit more tired, a little bit more sluggish, going to make you feel like, actually, I think I was probably better off with maybe that sensible glass of Merlot that I was having on my Wednesday night book club, right? Like those are the things that I, that I would encourage you to think about before making this kind of swap for a period of time. You always have the authority in your own life to say, I'm not drinking tonight right? Or to say, I'm not drinking for this week because I don't feel like it because I've decided that that's not working for me, right? At any moment you have this choice, you are empowered to make this choice from an informed place. So as long as you are making choices that are right for you within your own personal health-related goals aligned to, you know, how you want to feel physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of those good things, right? Then that's what's really going to be most important. So don't, you don't have to renounce alcohol for a month of time. You don't have to take anything out of your diet for a period of time that's ascribed by some larger movement, you can always make the choices that are right for you in the moment or at the time that they're relevant to your lifestyle. And first and foremost, do you, you know, let's make January a month of personal well-being as a priority, but that really starts with being informed and having the information that you need to make those decisions. So that's where I'm coming from on this. Questions, comments, concerns, call me, DM me, text me, page me. You can't really page me, but you can DM me at Jacqueline London RD. All right, let us get into the episode. I can't wait to hear what you think. Kate Lemire, she's here. She's here. She's on the side. She's here on the side, but actually she's on the Zoom. She's... <laughs> 
<laughs> I, it's an it's an honor. I'm so excited to be here. I cannot believe this is our really our first time speaking, seeing each other face to face. It's so like, weird to it, think about. So, I know it's so incredible. Um, our mutual friend who yes. knew you, she was like, "Oh, my friend just wrote this book. I feel like you would really like it." And before she could even say, "Like, let me see if I can get you a copy," as she's explaining what uh, dressing on the side was about, I had already ordered it and I devoured it, no pun intended, in like a flight. And ever since then, like I've just followed you from afar. I have just loved everything that you've done. And like, you really inspired me to do what I do because it is so like simple when you think about it. And when you say it, when you break everything down to it's like foundational bare bones terms, it's like, yeah, I can, I could do this too. And so, yeah, you really, you really helped me pave my path. Kate, I'm not paying, but I just want to shout out that I didn't pay her to say it. No. (laughs) Your mom did. My mom. Yeah, no, my mom did. Yeah, she did. She did the tip off. No, I I mean, you have no. First of all, I really needed that today. Just gonna say that I really needed that today. Everything feels like it's breaking down, but that gave me so much life. I do feel a little bit like I'm gonna cry, so I'm just gonna let you talk. But you're so right that there's so much that's so simple, but it's just so hard to put into action all the time when it comes to everything related to food, health, fitness, everything. Yes. We over, we overcomplicate. And I I think it's because we, there's so much messaging. There's so much inconsistent messaging. There is so much nuance and context that gets left out in the caption, in the post, in the reel, in the TikTok. Like, so we we pick up these nuggets here and there that aren't meant for us, that don't apply to us, and then we execute them in a way that might not necessarily be the most efficient or the best. And then when it comes to diet exercise, um, you know, everything in moderation, flexibility, the secret sauce, really, we don't, we don't want to do it because it takes kind of a long time. So so we're so so hell bent on finding an overcomplicated quick fix that we don't want to do the simple, like long-term solution. Because everything so true. Everything. I have to wait for an Uber. My first thought is like, I can't believe this. And then my second thought is, okay, calm What's yourself. Wrong with like, you? it's, no, I it's know. Like literally five minutes, a car is coming to pick you up. I just walked out of the drugstore. Yeah. I literally <laughs> just walked out of the drugstore because there were three people on the line ahead of me. I was like, I don't have time. I just, so, so no, we, no. We're, like creating, we're like creating our own like monster. And then when it comes to our bodies that are still very primitive, um, it, it's, it requires a mind set shift in like so many ways, um, practical, cognitively, it's hard to make. It's such a good point. It's such a good point just generally, but it's also like particularly the point that you just made about how it is, it's really like, it's the practicality that's where like the nuance in words or phrases or sayings or like where certain tropes come from. Like, uh, like I think about the, the saying everything in moderation and you know how, like, I just find that to be, I think it's really more like, we're just so disillusioned with it at this point. Like not as, not as practitioners, just like as human beings, like we're just like, oh my God, I don't even understand what that means for me anymore. (laughs) 
you know, like it's the absence of understanding like the balance, like what does balance mean to me? And that it's personally defined feels like so hard. Yeah. And like, I think, um, I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, I'm in therapy like every week. So I have have, like, I have a lot of stuff. I like have a countdown until I get there too. I'm like, like, I'm like taking my notes. Like, okay, I want to discuss this. But I, so I have, I have learned about myself that like growing up my formative experience unintentionally, unknowingly, I am an external validation seeker. And I kind of, I kind of, um, look for and, or manipulate the people around me to like, tell me what to do. People pleasers anonymous. Welcome. And, and so then I naturally, um, and inherently kind of look for someone to tell me a solution or the answer or the right way to do things. And so, you know, at the age of, you know, 35, 36, like I am now like, no, I need to critically think for myself based off of my own problems, my situation, my preference, in my lifestyle. And that's really what I, I implore my clients to do because we're all so different. So yeah. to have one diet or one exercise be yeah. the answer, it, it's so wild. Um, right. like I, I always use the example, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. If you don't like breakfast, it's not, if you don't right. feel like eating, it's not, if you are the type of person that, will overeat or binge if yeah. you don't eat every couple of hours, then it does become the most important meal of the day. So it's like, you really have to think like, okay, what are my challenges? What are my barriers and what will help me eliminate or conquer them? Um, and giving yourself permission to do so because it's, yeah. it's kind of lonely when you're like, no, I'm not going to subscribe to that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing, you know, the, the oh new year's God, crash so diet. Like yeah. it, it, it's, it's lonely and it's isolating um, because their misery does less love company. And when you're in like a challenge or a diet with a group of friends, um, you know, you have something to connect you and, you know, that you can bond over. And if you're not a part of that, you know, you can kind of be like, well, what about me? Right. Or how hard it is just to like make choices that are really actually right for you, even if it's just one choice when you're in a setting that is with other people or other people are involved or other people's feelings are involved or you feel like other people's feelings are involved, even if they aren't, you know, like it's just like a whole minefield. Oh my God. Kate, I have so many things to ask you about that I literally, I feel like I'm almost like so excited that I feel a little bit like my mouth is moving faster than my brain or really my brain's moving fast. I don't know, whatever it's happening. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, but you're so right. I think it's so true. I think it's also like some of the classic things that we get that we're actually, because I don't want to say taught because I feel like a, that's not necessarily true of everyone, but it's also not necessarily as you said, it's not necessarily so obvious. Like sometimes there's these like insidious moments or like touch points or things that come into our lives that like, we're like, oh God, what a message that sends. Great examples when you said that about like the the new year, like the January kind of like new year, new me. And I was just thinking about this, um, the Whole Foods near me, which I mean, love you Whole Foods, but <laughs> but they had an end cap last year, two years ago, it must've been two years ago. Cause I probably wasn't at the actual Whole Foods last year. But they had this enormous end cap that was like clean, literally cleaning supplies and apple cider vinegar. And it was like detox for the new year. And I, 
and um, and maple syrup and cayenne and cayenne pepper. It was like a master oh God. cleanse. Oh God! End cap. <laughs> and I was just like, "What? Like, wait, really?" But that's for cleaning. Like, you could just use that to clean your house. Like, what? Uh, I don't understand. Like, how did this happen? I mean, that and that's like that's the thing is brands. Yeah. Do not have a responsibility to us and our quality of life. It is not their responsibility and they will never assume the responsibility to do right by us and prioritize like actual science over profit. Right. So like, (laughs) so whatever, whatever. That's, that's like everything that's like influencers on Instagram and, um, like any product, any brand, any, you know, anything that we see as we scroll, like their, their main priority is to make a buck. And so like, that's what I, that's what I think of when I'm trying to like unlearn. Um, and when I say, and when I say learn, like I, you're right. right. We didn't really learn this stuff. We absorbed it. Right. So, right. so we just we we come to know it as truth, and therefore yeah. we don't even really question it until you start practicing it. It's really right. hard to do that, um, and then once you start, it becomes easier to like keep going and you know question it all the time. But yeah, it, it, I always think to myself. Excuse me, I always yeah. think to myself, who is making money here, and That's what such is, a good question. What is the problem? What, what am I feeling and yeah. who is profiting off of this very moment? And most oh, of the time a it's question. a bunch of like white guys <laughs> and I'm like the 30th floor of some building and yeah. they don't even know. And it is like quite liberating when, you know, you do say like, I'm not interested in that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what, but you know what this really reminds me of that I always think is fascinating is this concept that I I feel like I can confess this. I think I'm definitely going to, which is that I didn't really realize the power of um, what I guess a business or consumer product would call retention marketing. Like that, oh, yeah. that ultimately once you're in, the idea is please don't leave. And in whatever way, anywhere, any space, any product, any app, any... um whatever, whether it's a product or a place, like something has an entire engine that's dedicated to keeping you, basically, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, keeping you in prison, but like, it's not necessarily prison depending on where you are. I mean, listen, you got to get your groceries, but like at the same time to that exact point is like, I think about that in the context of, um, of even like all of this press around like Instagram and Facebook and like, you know, and the idea, and like once I, once I had an eye for what it means to have a retention marketing engine, you realize, oh, it's not gamification. It's prison by way of my phone or like by way of this, you know, like this communication or like this communication channel or this network. What's so interesting about it though, like that's such a good framework of the who's profiting from my feeling this way is such a powerful question. Okay. Hang on. I want to switch gears for a second because what I want to know from you is tell us about you. How did you get your start? Where where are you from, Kate? I know where you're from, but tell our <laughs> who, listeners. Who, who am I? Um, <laughs> Kate, yeah. tell us about you. Just tell yeah. us. Uh, my name is Caitlin here. I'm based in <laughs> Kate, what's your what's your um what's your astrological sign, most importantly? Oh, I'm <laughs> I am a Scorpio. True, true, true. Wait, um, when is your birthday? 
Wait, oh no, I God. just had my birthday, November 21st. Happy birthday. I'm oh on the cusp. God. Thank you. But you <laughs> are you. how cuspy of you. So I, I'm a Scorpio here in Chicago. Um, I had an <laughs> online platform called the 4% um, that I've had for um, going on nine years now. It's a blog turned learning platform where I have a community, classes, courses, monthly lectures. Um, there's a private social network within. Um, and then my Instagram page, which is my name at Kate Lemire, where I debunk diet culture and the um, science of habit formation mm-hmm. um, during the day. I'm a global marketer for a gym called Berries, and I'm also a trainer here in Chicago for that same gym. So it really um, is, it's a full plate, but I absolutely love it because everything parlays into each other very seamlessly, super nicely. I have a lot of clients who are kind of in each of those categories and like redundant clients who, you know, um, transfer back and forth from, you know, the studio to the online platform, to Instagram and the DMs. And it really creates this holistic conversation of, of what it takes to form habits, to um, unlearn old habits, to change our bodies, to change our minds, to um, think about food in a different light, because it is it is all related and it's all very complex and super fascinating. Um, so that's what I've been dedicating my life to for the last couple of years. And I'm even so more... Amazing. I'm even more passionate now because I have two kids of my own. I have a son and a daughter and they um, are very young, three and a half um, years and then uh, three or four months, four months. Um, And I just feel like I need to kind of break the cycle of everything that I have known and my generation has known so that my daughter feels very empowered in her body. My son feels empowered in his, um, they use their privilege in the correct and best way. And I am, you know, leading from, you know, that lens. So that's me. (laughs) That sounds, first of all, you're, you are the epitome of a badass. I mean, that's busy. Like just right there, I'm like, damn, she's got, she better have really, she's got strong internet. Like she, she's got a strong inner voice and strong internet connection. I mean, yes. that's so many things. That being said, it takes me four full days to do one load of laundry. <laughs> I get that. I, we, we can't do it all in the house. No, can't do it all. Exactly. You got to pick your, pick and choose here. Yeah. So when you're at Barry's, what I don't, I feel like I knew this about the, about your global marketing role, but like, I feel like I did not quite like, and I knew that you were an instructor, but for some reason in my mind, I didn't put the two and two together. So like, how, what is it like, what is a day like for you? Like walk us through a day. Um, so yeah, I mean, every day, like I'm sure most people know two days are alike and yeah. they're, they're pretty jam packed. Um, but I have really made it a priority to do less so that I can do more and totally. be super present with what I do do. Um, so in any given day, I'll train a class or two at the studio and then jump into my global marketing role where I work as a brand strategist, content creator. Um, we think of our national campaigns that I then will disseminate to our global partners across 15 countries of 
here's the business problem this is looking to solve. Will this solve one of your business problems? What are your business problems? How can I help? Here are some assets and resources that we have here in the US. It, it's really, it's really cool. And it's been so interesting to have the opportunity to work with so many people from across the world as we navigate this unprecedented climate yeah. um, across different cultures, different business situations, um, and you know, just different personalities amongst our team members. So it's been been, it's been really cool. We have a very lean team, but I, I just, I don't even know what I would do if I wasn't here, you know, like right. I, I was, I, during COVID I was furloughed for my marketing position and just trained, which is actually yeah. when I launched my online business yeah. and my mom, you know, who is like, so old school, she was like, well, you better, you better update your resume. Cause who knows what's going to happen. And I was like, Hey, I don't even, <laughs> how, how do you do a resume now? Like I, I don't even know what I, I honestly, I honestly, I would have to like pay someone, I think. And then also it's like, I don't even know what I would do because I can't, there is nothing else that I could think of that I would want to do. So such a good point. Such a good point. You know, you're in the right field when, you know what I mean? Like I've been thinking about that a lot about like, like even just looking on LinkedIn, I'm like, huh, I could be into that. And then I'm like, no, no, but like, this is what you love. Like, (laughs) like, remember what you love doing? Yeah. That keep doing that. What is so crazy about that though and and this is and we can always we can always cut this out if we have to but like the transition with with the pandemic like are you guys reopen globally or you're yeah. reopen yeah. in certain locations okay wow yeah we're, so we for, for um i all of our studios are open there might be a few like intermittent closures just depending on um the location yeah. um, and state of the covid restrictions yeah But yeah, I mean, we, like most fitness brands, you know, made a pivot right away. Our community was super loyal, very forgiving, giving us a ton of grace as we like stubbed our toes and tried to figure it out. Like they were super patient with us. Um, And now in Chicago, we're back in studio. Um, Chicago, um, the city does have a mask mandate. So if you want to work out, you have to wear your mask, which, mm-hmm. you know, isn't ideal, but everyone gets it. No one yeah. gives everyone a hard time. You know, everyone's, you know, very much an adult. So That's I, amazing. That's pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah. So it, it's, really it's, just, it's been, it's been a, a good reminder of, you know, okay, what, what's, what's really important here. Yeah. Like, what yes. am I to complain about? And, I know. you know, just being like, you know, super human and authentic and just kind of yeah. lean experience and, you know, connecting with one another. Has the mask situation in the studio, has that changed how you teach? Like, has that changed? Absolutely. Like, have you, so you've adjusted. Okay. Cause I, cause I just, yeah. I just want to give a little shout out here to the fact that like being on a treadmill in a mask. Yes. Totally. Really, like I've been like, am I going to die? <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. And and it's a lot of um it's a lot of cause for concern for our clients. So like how will I do this? How do people do this? So I know for me, when I do program, everything is through the lens of, okay, there is a different, like there's a different style of oxygen intake. Um, not to say that, you know, it's more or less or whatever. It just, it feels different. Um, and also we we're in a different time in life. People yeah. are tired. People are stressed. People yeah. are nervous. So, you know, when I, my goal is never to just like plan the hardest workout ever. And right. when I think, when I think about like what I'm looking to achieve, it's taking all, 
all of that into consideration, like knowing that people probably aren't sleeping their best at night, yeah. knowing that the, that there's probably work stress because they either don't know the state of their job or, you know, if they're secure in their job or they're going back yeah. to the office for the first time in two years, you know, like whatever it is. So, um, I do, I take all of that into consideration when I, when I program and, I want everyone to leave feeling productive. Yeah. Um, there's a difference between tired and productive and tired and defeated and exhausted and, you know, efficacious. Yeah. So like, I just, I, I want to make sure that everyone's having a good experience while getting the bang for their buck. And it's, it's a lot to oh. juggle. It is so much, but also I, I have to say that like everything you just said right there, everything you just said right there makes me want to go back to Barry's. Every trainer, you know, there's someone for everyone. And I, I empower my clients again, to think critically and make your own choices. My responsibility is twofold. I am the provider of a safe and smart workout. And also I am responsible for the energy in the room. So even if if you, if you have a situation where you can't do a drill as prescribed, or you have an injury, or you don't want to run, you want to walk. All I ask is that you follow the general ebb and flow of the program. If I'm on an incline and you're walking, you take the incline if possible. Rest when everyone else rests. If People yeah. are on the floor doing a push up, and you don't want to do a push up. You can do a glute bridge. You can do a basic crunch, but get down on the floor with everyone else so that you maintain the same um, position in the room so you can keep up with the transitions and the flow. Yeah. And I, like, I will never, I will never target anyone for doing something that they feel like is right for them yeah. in a way that's right for them. Um, because I never forget that yeah. I, I work for you. Like you are, you pay to be there and you essentially pay me. Like I am there because you know, of you. So, um, you're, you're the boss. I want, this I want might be the second time I want to cry. And we've only been chatting for a few minutes. <laughs> I already feel a little choked up. That's so well said, but also you just reminded me of something that I already wanted to talk to you about. And it's such a great point and such a great t- transition also, which is that for people like us who are in a practitioner space, right? You do work for for the people who come to hear you, for the people who come to work out with you, to listen to you, to work with you, to do anything. You are working for those people. And and yet, something I read on the 4% that was so, so perfect, (laughs) so perfect, but on (laughs) On the 4%, you were talking about something I was hoping you would give us a little bit of deep diving on, yeah. which was this, this bullshit thing that we see everywhere. It's all over my Instagram too, about the baby, the hospital bag. And like, like to the point of like, when you, when someone works for you in a similar setting, so too does your physician work for you. So I was hoping you would give us a little bit more context about that and your experience with with both um, pregnancies and deliveries of of like what it was like and and where you felt like, okay, I feel like this is getting it kind of wrong. Like, why are we focused on the hospital bag? Like, where did that come from? Yeah, well, I think like just getting back to like the practitioner, like there's a very like interesting power dynamic. And I think that can be said for 
you know, really like the fitness space to trainers, dietitians, registered dietitians, influencers. There's a very interesting power dynamic where one person is telling you what to do because they are like, quote unquote, you know, the expert and the person who has the knowledge and they are the information holders. Some people are more credible than others. And like, for, for instance, like with my OB, um, there, there was, there's a fine line between, advocating for yourself and listening to your intuition. And then also being like, okay, I did not go to medical school. So I I don't know more than them about this. What they're saying, like it, you know, has some truth to it. Um, and it's my privilege to say that as a white woman, like I get a level of care that other women in marginalized communities may not have. So I say that knowing, knowing my privilege. And also Uh, your health literacy, which I also think is so important, right? Like we forget, I mean, that's a privilege that I certainly, I definitely don't forget because I feel like I'm reminded of it every second, which is that health literacy is like already just having any basic level of of even knowing that you have a question almost is like its own privilege. But that total, that being totally understood, carry on. (laughs) Yeah. So I, so here's an example I can give my, my OB was on maternity leave through the majority of my, of my uh, third trimester. And so I was bouncing around to a couple other doctors in the practice. And then I kind of landed with one and I, um, after my son, had three different types of prolapse and a second degree tear. So I was in rehab for about about 18 months, rehabbing various um, birth-related injuries. And it was traumatic. So I had a lot of thoughts of what I would quote unquote do differently, what I quote unquote do better. And part of the research that I was doing of the prolapse prevention was the type of breath that you implement when you push. I had a vaginal delivery with my first and I was planning on doing so for um, my second. And so I was... Um, researching, and I have a credential in um, post-corrective um, exercise specialist. And so I was researching that. I was talking to some um, practitioners. I was talking to my pelvic floor physical therapist. Yeah. Of, okay, what is what is the best breath for this? And so um, we landed on you know what's called open glottis pushing, which is really just exhaling yeah. when you push instead of holding your breath. And when I said to the doctor um, that that's what I wanted to do, he was like well, why would you do that? It doesn't work as well. I don't care what you do as long as you have good pushes. And he was very, like, he had a super flat affect, like real matter of fact. And I, I didn't mind it at all, but I was like, okay, I I do need a little more conversation here because this is something that I'm interested in. And I don't, I don't appreciate a response. That's so like, you know, kind of a door shutting in my face. So like, let's talk about this a little more. And right. I felt empowered to do that because I knew what I was talking about, but also I knew who could help me make that decision. My pel- my pelvic floor yeah. physical therapist. So I did a lot of prep with her right. before talking to him. And so I, I say to the people that I engage with, if you have a question or you're not getting what you need from someone, you need someone else in your corner that can help prepare you to ask the questions, to know what to worry about, to have all of the tools put together. Um, And that's why it's so important to follow people judiciously because you need that support and you need people who know what they're talking about 
it just, it just helps. And then when I was back with my OB, getting back to this example, I said, you know, this is what I want to do. And she was like, totally your pelvic floor health is a priority for us both. And when it came time to push, I tried it and I was like, how, how, how are they? And she's like, Oh, you know what? They're not really so good. Let's, let's change our approach. And I was open to it. You know, I wasn't wasn't so set in my way. Um, You know, I was very like, okay, how can we get creative here? How can we, how can we make this work for both of us? Um, And, you know, obviously the baby. So it, um, it, it just goes to show that like, I am not going to have all the answers for everything in my life. I, yeah. you know, I, I, as a mom, I'm like, am I ever going to feel confident again? Like, no, right. I don't have any of the answers. People, <laughs> people are like, I know what's best for my kid. I'm like, you do? Do you, you know what's do? Best for my kid? Right, like, I, I know. Like, do you know what's so, best for me? Because like, I'd love to know. Yeah, I, I still <laughs> just need know, a couple but, ideas. Right, yeah. Totally, but I have a group of girlfriends who are you know, in my corner that I go to. And yeah. I, you know, curated that, you know, that I always say, like, I curated, we curated yeah. this group text so that we have each other. And same yeah. thing for fitness, for nutrition, even for fashion, for every area in yeah. life, you have your key people who you can go to, to help you find yourself. Because- oh. If you are, if you're living to everyone else's standards, you will get lost and you will not be able to find your way back. And it's, it's, it's a hard road. Right. I mean, I can only, like, I just think about the alternative and, and you can use, there's so many different healthcare examples. Like as you were, as you were saying that about, uh, about the open Gladys, like about the, the breath, I'm thinking about how, like, there's so many small, like, it's almost like a, like, I hate to use this. It's like a, it's like this, this micro response thing of the, the flat affect of the, this is a shut door conversation and and how often that happens in so many areas of life, but like particularly in healthcare that like, that's what would lead someone who had not already had a an actual, who had, who had already been through what you had been through, how would you know, right? Like it, it's yeah. almost like, like imagine you were having that conversation after reading an article on open goddess breathing and then um, came in and you wanted to talk about it because you didn't know more than just like one sentence. Totally. Then that would be over and you wouldn't have someone that was really working with you or speaking to you. And I get it. Like I get that there's, you know, there's always going to be limit, limitations with like time just being the, the greatest limitation of all, which is like healthcare practitioners in general are always push and press for time. And like, it's always going to be like, how much information do you throw at somebody? You're always balancing that kind of thing. But like having the ability to say, okay, I know that I want this to be a dialogue or even like where to start the dialogue is so both impressive and also such a great point. Like for everyone, I mean, like about any area of something that feels like that you're going, huh? Hmm." Yeah. Like if you, if you have that reaction, like, like listening to it is sort of critical. It, it, it makes you like, if you're on the receiving end, you feel like shit and totally. it, really, it really can impact. It has a domino effect. It can really impact your whole day and your whole mood and therefore quality of life. And that's like what I say to the members in my community, it's a monthly membership. You can yeah. pick and choose with which months you join. Um, if you want to join, you know, one month at a time or a couple months at a time, I always say like, you're here 
so that you have access to information you trust. And that's what I'm here for. Like you are a very busy person who has a family, has a job, is trying to juggle all the things. You're not supposed to know everything that I know, but by being here, you have access to all of this information and a, you know, a running Q and a, and that's, that's my job is to help you fill the holes, to help you feel comfortable and confident because we shut down and are in intimidated by things we don't know. Like oh we are very, we're very comfortable with like routine things that yeah. we do every day and all the time. Like we can do it with our, our eyes closed. Like there's yeah. no like anxiety that comes with it because it's just old hat. But if you're doing something new for the first time, that implies you don't really know what you're doing and that right. can lead to insecurity and a lack of confidence. So when you have the information, you're able to ask questions, you're able to speak with conviction. Yeah. And so getting back to like being like a public servant, like that's how I view myself. Like right. I am here to create content, to create courses and information yeah that help you and what you want to know. And that's how I like form my content plan. Every Sunday I yeah. do a, a Q&A and based off the questions I get, I, I make blog posts, I make Instagram posts, yeah. I write lectures, I do, I, I create the information that people are looking for um, based off of the, you know, the appetite and the temperature check that I get um, in, in that Q&A. But yeah, so it, there's so much bullshit out there and it's yeah. hard to know what is, what's bull versus what's truth. No, because 100%. People, people just speak in terms of themselves and what they right. know. And again, what will make the buck. So right. it's tough. Right. I, I feel, I feel for everyone. Like, you know, people will be like, don't you get annoyed by these questions? Or you, you constantly have to repeat yourself. And I, no. I always am like, no, I don't because A, it, it gives me security that I'm always going to have this job because yes. I'm always going to have at least one follower because there is so much information that needs to be out there. And then also it's like, I feel I feel for everyone because yeah. it it is hard to know like who to go to and you know who to trust. It's hard. It's funny. It, there's so many examples that just came into my mind as you're saying that because I'm like, I just... Um, I just was answering a question about dairy the other day. And I was like, this is one. And there's a couple of these, and I'm sure these come up for you too, which like there's some holdover from daytime television of of like, oh, I know exactly where you learned that one. And his name rhymes with schmoz. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there are certain things like that, that like they come up all the time. So could you, could you do us a small favor? Because I do think everyone should be joining the 4%. However, in the meantime, just for our sake right now, would you give us like two of the last, like what's like, what do you get this Sunday as a Q and a? Um, there's always a question on like apparel, like what's, yeah. what training shoe should I wear? Oh, and great question. That, I have yeah, a lot of that, questions on that. that. And that it is a good question because like when you are on Instagram, who are the majority of people you follow? It's like the right. bloggers and like the fashion chicks and like, right. I follow them too. Like I don't, right. I, I don't know how to dress. Like I need someone to give me advice. And so I have someone for that, but, um, you know, they're all 
working out in like their Air Max. And it's like, that looks adorable. You look super You look so cute, cute but you're but hurting. Your feet <laughs> are going to be trashed. And like, there's yeah. a difference in running shoes based off of who you are, your anatomy, your gait, the type of oh running God. that you're doing, if you're inside, if you're outside. And, you know, I work, I work for a company that incorporates treadmill running and strength training. Yeah. So I say, you have to prioritize your running shoe because if you yeah. run, that's not for you, you have a lot of chance for injury. And then people will yeah. say, okay, well, what, what, what running shoe should I wear? And it's like, well, it, can I see I your feet? I, I don't know. And I'm not even qualified to answer. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm not a running specialist. And I don't have the technology to even like begin to make that assumption. So um, it, it's so much more than the swipe up or I like this oh colorway, this is what I want. So that's an example. And then also um, another example of how much sleep should I be getting? Oh. And is there a minimum where if I don't hit that number, should I not work out? And that is the example, an example of a question, a type of question that I get all the time what's the number and what should I do if, and when? Oh my God. Same. Interesting. Same, but different, but like in a different setting. Totally. Totally. And like, there is no one guideline or hour of sleep for adults. Like I think the general consensus is like seven to nine hours, but you know, many people are in a season of life. I haven't slept for more than four hours. I cannot imagine being a parent and getting like a parent of, of children who are you have a three-year-old and a three-month-old in what world will you be getting seven hours no, like i <laughs> have never, to check into I mean, a hotel yeah we're never <laughs> we're never sleeping again right. but, like, but so it's kind of like the feeling of like okay how do I feel and yeah. what's most productive is getting some restorative rest more yeah. productive than a workout in some cases. Yes. And it like now I think, um, from, you know, the last like couple of decades, we are told to listen to our bodies, but no one can do it because right. we're always like, no pain, no gain, go hard or go home. Or if it's not uncomfortable or insufferable, it's not good enough or hard enough, like restricted restriction and, um, suffering is like a badge of honor that we just like kind of ignore the cues that were given. And when clients are like, Oh my gosh, I slept through my workout. I'm so sorry. I'm like, sorry for what you, you clearly needed sleep and then you gave yourself what you needed. So good for you. Like, Yeah. yeah, ideally you're not like, you know, missing every workup that you sign up for, but you know, you have to think about your lifestyle when people are like, how do I become a morning workout person? My first question is why do you have to work out in the morning? Oh my God. Thank you, Kate. If yes. it's true that like you work at night and therefore you have to work in, work out in the morning, then, okay, let's start to get some strategies in place. But if the answer is just because I feel like I should, or every, you know, forms or, 40 <laughs> under 40 says I wake up at 5 a.m. Like Exactly. Or the, what's my have, morning routine? I'm yeah, like, my like morning I, routine I is like yelling. Right. It's like, no, like I, I'm in, a, I'm in a season of life where my kid is my alarm clock. Right. And like, I don't do, I don't brush my teeth until I'm like almost out the door. Like, right. so it would be wonderful if I could work out right. first thing, but like, that's just not where I am right now. So it's always what will work for you and how, like, what can you do on your worst day? 
where oh. everything's going wrong, where you feel like shit, where you're frustrated as hell. What is something that's so easy? You've made it so easy for yourself on your worst yeah. day. You can still get to the gym on your worst day. You can still have your planned meal prep for lunch. Like it, yeah. that is, that is what we have to start asking ourselves as opposed to, should I do whole 30? Like, no, you start start thinking about like, like for me, I'm like most reward, least amount of effort. Completely. I I see that people are like, what? And it's like, that's not lazy. Like that is right. That's called efficiency. No, absolutely. That's efficiency. Oh my God. That's such a good (laughs) point. And also that really hits home for me. I, I am also so adamantly not a morning person. And I tried for so long and I did it, be, but I did it for exactly what you said, because I had to, because at the time that I was, so I, I just like, and I was just talking about this on, on this week's actual podcast episode, but like, I just have this memory of dreading it so much when I was doing, um, marathon training that, that every yeah. race would start at 6 a.m. at like every practice run or like, and if I wanted to do it with people and if I wanted to know what it would be like to have like the Gatorade stand there, otherwise yeah. I had to do it on my own. Now I'm like the idea, like that's one of the more liberating, like work from home, like that, that the way that things have shifted, I feel like I've taken it a little too far, honestly, because like, I'm like, Oh, 11 o'clock. Yeah. I got time for like a half hour. <laughs> taking it way too far gone way too far. However, there's some beauty in that, right? Like in the flexibility of being like, this is on my terms. It's for me. It's not for anyone else. Like, so what's going to make me feel good if I'm not going to sleep, if I don't run a little bit, then I'm going to run a little bit. Cause like, I need to get some sleep. You know what I mean? Like it's that balancing act is like the both knowing yourself and then also knowing like where you want to start or like what actually is going to work for you versus forcing yourself into like a prescription. Like that, like that's the reality. Like with any goal achievement, there is shit you don't want to do. Yeah. There is a little bit of sacrifice. Right. There is like an expense to be paid, right? right. And you have right. to figure out like the the how to marry preference with necessity and like moving the needle forward. It's like sometimes people don't want to go to the gym and you, then you think, okay, you don't want to go to the gym today. What, you know, what is the trade-off here? Like, should you go to the gym for the very act of going so that you right. have that consistency and you're right. in the habit and the more you do something, the easier it becomes, or are you better off resting, watching an hour of TV, you know, doing right. your dishes or, you know, like, so, like sometimes I'm like, okay, am I going to work out or am I going to do my kids laundry? I have to pick one. Right. And so I, I think, okay, like, can he, you know, do I have any clothes laying around? Can he wear right. like, or do I, Can I make him work out some other time? Like I'm, I'm really kind of like going through the paces of really what has to happen here. Really? What is the trade-off and you know, what am I willing to do? Like, what am I right. willing to do and what am I willing to live with? And we're all very consumed in like the grid and the appearance yeah. and like curation and, you know, perception of reality. And really at the end of the day, it's like, what'll make you put your head on the pillow at night and like, feel like yeah. you live in accordance to your values and like right. you had a good day. Like, what right. does that look like? Because really like, even if you want a six pack or even if you want to run a marathon, like right. you really just want to be happy at the end of the day, right. you just want to be happy. Um, and you know, how can you have that quality of life while you're still getting what you want? Oh my God. 
You are a little Buddha, aren't you, Caitlin? Oh you are a, you are our Midwest Buddha. I mean, honestly. Both of yours. I like have so many things to say to that, but like also, could you have said it better? No, that's so well said and so true. I, but, but also, but also you bring in this other really good point that I feel like gets lost in all of the conversation about staying well, be what it really means to be well. And and I was thinking about this in, in the context of like, um, these fasting, this like fast, like everyone is like this fast, this time restricted, this alternate day, yeah. this nonsense, this like prolon or like, like oh, eat God. art it's supplies. I can't with that. I really doesn't get on. <laughs> but, but what's amazing about that is that the like time as the factor, like the time as the manipulating factor of anything, whether yeah. you're eating food or not eating food, like it's almost like, how do you want to spend your time? Right? Like ultimately, like where, what are the priorities? What are the things you have to do? Like what, what is fixed and like what's actually in motion all the time. And it's interesting to think about, about that in the context of fitness in general, of like having any type of like regular routine that has you moving and aiming to get stronger. Why do you want to be stronger? Like why, what is that? Like, what's the reason behind that? It almost is like, it all starts with the intention. Right. Yes. And like in, in the, the, the point, like the, right. point, the point is not to eat as little as possible, right. but even, even if your goal is weight or fat loss, right. Never the goal to eat as little as possible. I'm in a business where like I get paid right. per person who comes to see me. And if I have someone in back-to-back classes, I'm like, do you need a hobby? Like, right. I, <laughs> you want to volunteer somewhere? Like I can give you a list of things. I have a that, few like, ideas. You actually run my errands for me. Like, why are you still here? I like, say that maybe, maybe that person could help with your laundry though. Like, like wait yeah, a second. But I'm like, if you like, <laughs> you are here, like, and I want you to be here, trust me. But like, right. also like you, the goal isn't to spend as much time of your life in the gym. Like right. I want to get in, I want to get out. I don't want to work out on the weekends. Like how, yes. how can I, how can I make this work for me? So that yeah. really like it, it's starting it's starting with you and yeah. in Instagram culture, mm. we celebritize the trainer. We celebritize the influencer. And it's, it's kind of like, I want to be like them. What do they do? And then fitting your life. It's like, the, what's the phrase? Like square peg round. Totally. Hole. And like, you need to, you need to start with you and yeah. then go from there. And yeah. in a society that is so self-obsessed, it's kind of odd that it is so hard to like center ourselves in our own lives. I for, like, know. Own it is such a weird concept, but you're so right. Can I ask you on that, on that note, like if you had to pick, because I mean, I get asked this one kind of frequently, but it's always hard to choose. <laughs> it's always hard to narrow it down. Like, what would you, what would you say is like the most insane, not, and by insane, I mean like the most annoying, like the most, like, why is this trend everywhere? Like, well, what is like the most annoying fitness trend that you're like, that doesn't work. It hurts you or like, oh it's a waste I, I of time. I have an answer. Right, I have an answer right away for this. Tell me. Oh my <laughs> um, God. Amazing. Bala Bengals. <laughs> I, Thank I am, you. I am. I am the biggest hater. Like, I just think it's incredibly absurd that there are 
products that are three pounds that cost a hundred dollars. Like literally put shit in your backpack and carry it or like get a bottle of water. Like (laughs) holding up a glass bottle. What what is this? And like, again, like I, I, it's just women have a lot of money to spend now and it, they just kind of throw money wherever, I guess. But like, again, if you think critically, like literally (laughs) hold a gallon of water and like go around the block or put something in a backpack, like what do you think like these are doing for you really? Because like, if they worked opening doors would give you biceps. If they worked, pushing a shopping cart would give you shoulders. If this worked, going up the stairs would give you the ass of your dreams. Like, what is this? So like, I mean, I'm coming across like kind of costly right now. No, my God, not at all. That is so fucking refreshing. I can't even tell you. I'm going to burn my, I got mine for, I I got mine in some kind of mailer. I'm like, wait a second, I should burn those. (laughs) Like it, it just, it just, it does blow my mind. And here's but the, it's this so is true. the problem. Here's the problem. All of this marketing supplements, these yeah. like waist trainers, these oh. ankle weights, they all cost money. Right. And then that's money that we don't have until we make it back. Right. And then we, we don't have it to spend on something else. Right. And that's time too. When we do something like taking a walk around the block with the ankle weight on, expecting a return right. that will never come, right. that prevents fatigue across multiple pathways, financial, energetically, and emotionally. Completely. You're tired because you're spending time doing something that's not delivering upon a promise. You're energetically tired because you have this narrative of why isn't this working? It must be me. I'm the Oh problem. my God. Yes. Right. And then you're like, I, that, that hundred bucks was a hundred dollars I could have spent on produce. It's a hundred dollars I could have spent on three workout classes. It's a hundred dollars right. I could have spent on a course that would have taught me this why bullshit work and what we're <laughs> right. like, it's yeah. just like, we only have so much time and money at our disposal. And when you're spending it in a way that doesn't give you what you thought you were going to get, it yeah. is a lot more serious than Oh, well, like, you know, I don't, and that's not to say like everything should be taken so seriously, but it is fairly complex and everything is deeper because like, I have a lecture coming up, um, in two weeks, actually, um, uh, about yo-yo dieting and it's not just, I've got to sign up for that. Yes. Oh my God, please. It's not, I'll give you the recording. It's not just the start or the stop. It's not right. the diet in itself. It's not whole 30. It's not prolonged. It's not, it's not inherently right. it's your yo-yo string. It's how you talk to yourself. Yeah. It's 100%. how you feel about yourself. It's the burnout that comes with starting and stopping. Like it, it, it just trickles down and it's super right. harmful. Um, and it, it's more impactful than we know. So yeah, I do. 100%. I always just say like, this is, it is something that you have to get a hold of. Otherwise you'll wake up one day, an older version of yourself and you'll still have the same problems. And like, I just don't want that for anyone. I don't want that for right. myself. I don't want that for my kids. Like, I don't want to live in a life in a body for one more minute where I feel disdain or dislike. Like I I want, I want to love it. I want to, I, I want to, you know, be happy. So I, I mean, I, I really think 
my my role is to introduce body neutrality and yeah. then give access to voices um, and experts and coaches and you know people on Instagram who um, should be leading the way. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. tough. It's really tough. Yeah, it's it's tough because the I think you know like in a lot of in a lot of the conversation around it and about it and about the idea that you have to be on sort of like one side or the other, which is like you're on to, you're on an extreme diet or you have decided that you are fully, you have fully accepted your current day-to-day. That leaves out the fact that like where we started our, our conversation just today even, which is that like there's information and messaging and, and ideas that come from everywhere. Like we're supposed to delete, like is there like some sort of delete? For that, like a cleanup disc, like, like, yeah, how are we supposed, I know. like, what if you, what if you are diabetic? Like I always, and I, I think about actually in a lot of different contexts, the, and it's such a small percent of the population is, uh, is a type one diabetic. Like normally it's diagnosed in childhood. Like there's, there's so many, like, there's so much you have to know about yourself mm-hmm. in order to manage your own lifestyle. It's not, it is by no means like, I, I remember even, even when I was a kid, which really is scarily not that long ago, but like in, in the sense that like people would be so fearful around it. And actually it's like, these are the most, like any, if you've ever met a type one diabetic, they're the most intuitive. Like they know themselves, they know their own, like maybe they don't necessarily know everything that is to be known psychologically, but physically they know when they need something and like they, their bodies are telling them right away. It's so empowering to be around. Right. And they listen and they go with it. So anyway, so I just think the idea of like what you're saying is like giving people tools that they need to actually grow and change. And with the understanding of like the dynamic nature of self-care, it's not always going to look the same. It's sometimes going to be one way. It's sometimes going to be another way, but like finding your own personal balance requires a little trial and error. I just feel like we lose sight of the practicing of like doing things that make us feel well, whatever that means. Like that, that like either conversation is just so divorced from like the realities of everyday life of like wanting to feel well and and be happy to your point. Um, okay. So in the interest of not, even though I just want to kind of move in with you, I mean, do you have an extra, like, <laughs> listen, like, uh, kinda, you, you don't want to join in. this shit show, but <laughs> I love laundry, Kate. I don't the think more, the more of a fact, I love laundry and I'd be happy to do it. Um, we have to talk about a couple more things before I let you go. Number one, I feel like as the busiest person on the planet, like what's a weeknight meal? Like what are you guys having for dinner tonight, for example? Um, okay, yeah. For dinner tonight, um, I have chicken thighs in the Ooh, fridge. So love a go- chicken thigh. Yeah, I love a chicken thigh. We're going to do that. I'm either going to um do like a dry spice rub and just roast and put it in the oven and bake it, or do I think um an adobo chicken instapot type thing. <laughs> This is, this is the thing. Like I, She's Instapotting. Okay. Yeah. We have an Instapot. And then, um, I have as like a stocked pantry of a bunch of spices. Oh my God. The savior. And once you have that, you You're really good. can do any recipe. You can do anything. Um, you can so, go to the moon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, if you have a bunch of ingredients, you can cook. If you can yeah. read a recipe, you can cook. So that's what we're going to do tonight. I'll probably do some like white rice. Um, and then I think I have like broccoli or Brussels sprouts. So like, I'll do like a green veggie, probably, probably a broccoli. Um, 
and we'll do that. My son only likes beige food or like fruit smoothies. So like I was just going to ask you about uh, that. Okay. I I was that person that was like, I am not making my kids something else. He'll eat what the family eats. And then what (laughs) happened? I may, I'm like, now, how do you want your chicken nuggets? Like I, like I literally (laughs) waitress, like I'm, I'm the fool. So you're like, you're a food. You have like beige food coloring on hand. You're like, let's just turn it white. Just turn it white. I'm literally like, and sir, (laughs) what else do you like here? Here's, here's your, here's your entree. Um, so, so yeah, my, my daughter will get, um, breast milk of wit that I have pumped and am eating a dairy-free diet for her. Um, oh. and yeah, she has an allergy and then, um, I'll make, I'll make dinner for um, my husband and myself and we are not like super into leftovers. So mm. I make sure that I, um, when I'm meal prepping for us, that I keep that in mind. So we don't have a ton of food waste and that the ingredients I buy can be used different times throughout the week. My Last question for you. I'm going to give, I'm going to bring us to our last one because before I get to our real last one, we got to do this. So one thing we did not answer is you grew up in Chicago. Yeah. In, okay. I grew up in the suburbs. Okay. So first of all, would you say that like, where are you on the deep dish? I mean, deep, am I, did I just say this right? Deep dish? Pizza? Deep? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, deep dish. I yeah, I don't love the I don't love the Chicago deep dish style. Okay. I like the, like the paper thing. Yes, like I'm like a really I'm I'm a girl. Hear that? Thank you. Okay, so if Jeff Bezos were to call you, <laughs> I like I like starting the sentence that way. It's just like it's a little bit more uplifting than like sometimes you know like when people are like, oh, your last meal, and I'm yeah. like, no, no. I mean, like that's sad. No, I just want to know what Kate's gonna have the day before she leaves for space with. Jeff Bezos, who called you and was like, listen, I need someone to train me in space. So you're going to come and we're leaving tomorrow. Like if you were like, these are the places, they don't have to be in Chicago. I didn't mean to limit us to Chicago, but would Lou Malnati's be on the list? What else would be on the list? Where are we going? What are we I, eating? And I'm can eating, I go with you? Um, I'm eating a medium rare steak with like that head of roasted garlic also oh, yeah. on the plate. Um, yes. The dirty martini with the blue cheese stuffed olives. Thank like you. A shrimp cocktail. Like oh, I, shrimp co- I oh love, classics. She's I going love, for classics oh, here. I, I'm a yeah. white tablecloth kind of restaurant. Yes. Person. Like I love, I like, I like the bread basket. I want yeah. the garlic butter. Like I, I'm very into like a steakhouse. Um, my love husband that. actually, my husband was, that. On, was on a work thing earlier this weekend. Their dinner was at um, Morton's and I was like, oh God, like, I wish I was there. It sounds so good. Like it was like 11 PM. I was like, I had been sleeping for like an hour and a half and I was like, like oh, what course? Awesome. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm like salvated. I'm like, this is, you're, you're done eating for the day. You're like you go to bed. Sleep thinking about the shrimp cocktail. You're like one yeah. shrimp cocktail, two shrimp yeah. cocktail, then you're out. Um, okay. Wow. And what would be for dessert? And is there a specific place that we would go for this steak? I love them all. We love prime provisions here in Chicago. Um, and they have like, like a peanut butter chocolatey dessert, which is really good. The, um, the butter cake at Mastro's like, I, I am like a dessert person. I want a couple for the table while it's always like, I'm just gonna have like a couple bites and then I eat like the whole thing. No, but you need to try a few, like you can't be limited to one. Like, I mean, honestly, a little sale. I like a dessert cart. I would like a cart to come up and be like, now you get to choose multiple things. Yes. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is this a great answer. Okay. And now, okay. Now my for real last question, but this is really more because in my stocking and my discovery of everything to do with Kate, <laughs> of my stocking of Kate, it just sounds low key when I say it like that. It's just like a little stocking, but 
I saw you mention something that really spoke to me and really spoke to me from also the self-care practice lens, yeah. which is reading, because you know, yes. you know how I feel about a great thriller, great, great fiction in general is really just my goat. Like that is like the epitome of self-care to me is yeah. either reading it or, or in being in motion and listening to it. I like either version. There's a time and place for both. Sometimes you need to have an audio version and a physical version, yeah. which honestly yeah. gets a little pricey, but like I, but I still, I mean, I feel like it's certainly less pricey than Bala Bangles. Let's be honest. Okay. Yeah, so like, okay. is there something you read in 2021 that you're like, I just fucking loved this book. Yes. I, a couple books. I read Malibu rising when, um, over the summer I was pregnant. So I was just very like emotional, very invested in the characters. Um, and then, um, I read, I just read a little hope, um, which was my last book of the month. Oh, yeah. Yes, but I was just thinking I haven't started that one, but it's yeah. definitely and on the shelf. A it, little hope. It was, yeah, it was, I really liked it. Um, it was like it, you know those movies that have like thirty well-known actors in it. That yes. would be that is that. Like if there's a lot of different characters that all kind of bump into each other. Right. Um, and it was it was really you know the end. I. I cried because I was so relieved. Oh, God. Uh, I was so relieved at one of the storylines where you're just kind of like, oh, thank God. Um, oh, it's such so, a good, that's such a, that's such a satisfying emotional yeah. response to have from a book. You know what I mean? Like the relief from a book is like, oh my God, thank God. Yeah. But um, a book that I didn't read it this year, I read it last year, um, Leave the World Behind oh, is okay. the, I think the best book I've read in the last five years. It was really? just one of those books, yeah, where you're just kind of like, wait, what? And it like, it just sticks with you. And I think I read that it was going to become a Netflix series, but I haven't seen it on Netflix yet. And I'm like, I'm counting down because it, it just, it sat with me. Yeah. And yeah, it just, it the ending was just very like, Oh my God. Like I think yeah. about it. A lot. Kate, tell our listeners, where can we find you? Yes, we find need to me, find you immediately. Yes. Find me on Instagram. Everything is linked out. My website's in my bio. Um, and that's, that's where I am. That's where you can find me. Kate at Kate Lemire. This was seriously the best. I cannot thank you enough. Kate. Thank you so much for this. Thank you for being the best. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in today to this episode of On the Side with Jackie London. If you enjoyed today's episode, please snap a screenshot of your podcast app on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at JacquelineLondonRD to let me know your favorite takeaway from any part of the episode. If you're loving the show, if there's a topic you'd love to hear more about or a guest you'd love to listen to here, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. You can scroll down on your podcast app to where it says ratings and reviews and rate this one five stars, of course, and share your feedback. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in and start feeling more empowered and living better, one meal or snack at a time. Of course, be sure to follow On The Side wherever you get your podcasts to ensure you won't miss out on any episodes. And remember to check us out. Check out the Q&A deep dive on the On The Side YouTube channel. This show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Keep in mind that any advice provided on this podcast is based off of my clinical judgment and application of research and practice as a registered dietitian, and it should not take the place of medical advice from your own personal physician. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.